everyone here. And you know, it's really nice to be able to be sharing. Personally, to you now, I'm just going to put my stopwatch on to keep my time. Is that all right? Or else I'll go over. I don't want to do that. <coughs> so, so good to see everyone, and uh, so good that uh, we could all be here. And like Jamie said, happy birthday, Pastor Rodney. For those that couldn't work out the He's 55, right? Five, five, five. <laughs> I don't know who looks the dumbest, me or Jamie. But anyway. <laughs> uh, for those of you at home, uh, we hope you got the joke there. It's uh, so good that you can tune in with us. Uh, please make sure you, you're um, uh, commenting in the feed or commenting on Church Online. Or, hey, if you've got my number or Jamie's number, just send us a text every now and then with an amen or something like that. And, um, and, and you can be a part of what's going on here. So, uh, wow, this is so good. Normally, setting up for our videos, we've been preaching on a Thursday. And days uh, have been a really bit weird because we've just been sitting at home and tuning in and doing what's been going on at home with all of you. So it's really, really, uh, like it's different. It's been a number of months now since we've been able to stand and preach before a congregation. So praise God for that. And uh, I hope you enjoyed last week. Last week we had uh, testimony time and the panel. I thought Pastor Mike did a fantastic job in, uh, in leading the panel. And those that gave their testimonies, well done, they were fabulous. Uh, the second service testimonies, I believe, will be going up sometime on Facebook this week. So you can catch those if you weren't uh, here for the 10.30 service. Uh, let's get into the Word, hey? I've been reading uh, Matthew chapter 8 pretty much all week. And uh, it's just been going over my head a little bit. And then uh, we see that song, Jesus Paid It All. And that sense that comes up where Jesus cleanses the leper. What takes away the spots of the leper? The leper is just how, how amazing is it that the Holy Spirit intertwines these things together right the way through our worship, into our prayer, and even into our service uh, and message that's coming. So I've been reading Matthew chapter 8 and uh, as I've been preparing. And uh, I don't know every time I look at it. Matthew chapter 8 is really a, um, a passage that is really Two, three, opens four. up faith in a, in a real way. And I want to talk to you about faith a little bit. We, we did a series on hope and I want to just talk a little bit today about faith and I want to do so in quick succession. So my message is titled Crossover for those that can see the screen. And uh, if I'm on, it should be on. instills in us a seed of faith that sees that a miracle of healing can happen. In, in the sense of the leper, it was cleansing. In the sense of what you're needing today, and we're believing that people are going to be healed as they step in faith in Jesus. Is that right? Yes. Secondly, uh, again, I've lost it. You can't go off the screen, Rubes. Thanks, mate. Faith is linked to authority. And it's the story of the centurion, if you read Matthew chapter 8, and, and that whole sense of authority. Uh, he understood authority better than most. And Jesus says, I have not seen faith as great in Israel as your faith. My paraphrase, obviously. The faith is linked to authority. Faith releases healing. 
Faith, uh, Jesus walks into Peter's mother-in-law's home and faith releases healing. She gets up from being sick in bed and she begins to serve Jesus and the disciples. So faith releases healing. Come on, who's going to say amen with that? Right. Faith increases in the presence of great faith. And you're like, what's that mean? Well, in the presence of Jesus, your faith actually should heighten. Is that right? Because Jesus is actually the object of our faith. So faith increases in the presence of great faith. And then, uh, oh, this one's a big one. Faith actually has a cost. Now maybe we'll break these down for you a little bit. This is just getting through chapter 8 really quickly. And you know, this one here is amazing. Faith, it pleases God. Yeah? And lastly, faith sets the captive free. Faith is an important and amazing thing, especially when we're navigating this new world. Everyone goes quiet in here as soon as I talk about our world. You know, we're navigating a new world at the moment, and today it's something that I'd like to talk about is how we can navigate our new world and the situations around us, how we can do so in faith. Amen? So, what is Jesus saying to us now is the actual question that I think we need to ask. In the midst of all that we're doing, what is Jesus saying to us now? Well, right in the middle of Matthew chapter 8, I believe that we can see that Jesus is saying something for us for today. And there's a dramatic shift that takes place in the middle of this chapter. So as I talk to you in relation to faith, I want us to be encouraged to hear from this perspective. Faith in the perspective of crossover, like my title. We're in a time of crossover and we have to understand what this means. So the first mention of crossover in Scripture really goes back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 18. Now it was alluded to beforehand, but it's this sense of crossover that I'm picking on today. This is what Moses says speaking to the two and a half tribes that had already settled in the land before they crossed the Jordan. And this is what he says to them. He says this, listen, Deuteronomy chapter 3 and verse 8 end up there on the screen for you. And I commanded you at that time, saying, The Lord your God has given you this land to possess. All your men of valour shall cross, cross over armed before your brothers, the people of Israel. So these people had already settled in the land. They've already come to a place, already come to a place where their families were prospering, where they were able to have children, where they were safe and they were providing for, for their, the, the needs of their herds and all those sorts of things. But, but God through Moses says to them that he wants them to cross over before the rest of their people, Israel. There's something really key in there. Because we have Jesus, is that right? We're already saved. We're already, in a sense, in a place of settlement. But God's saying to us in this, it's time to actually arm ourselves and cross over because there are many more people that are not yet settled. Can you hear what I'm saying, church? To cross over actually takes faith. And for me, this is actually a real challenge. Because I have to ask myself, and in asking myself, I'm asking you, have we settled in our faith? And if we've settled in our faith, then I'm hoping that the Holy Spirit this morning is about to get a poker out and give you a big old prod. 
Maybe it might be a, a cattle prodder. Wouldn't that be a good zap? Okay? I'm really hoping that he, he, he stirs something in your faith that will see you cross over armed and ready for what is in front of us and what is in store of us. Look around at the world at the moment. What do we see? We see disaster, we see turmoil, we see fighting, we see insecurity. Yet for the believer, we have hope. Is that right? Absolutely we have hope. Hebrews 11.1 1 describes faith like this for us. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. As Christ followers, we see that we have established this sure and certain faith that is grounded in an immovable foundation. And that immovable foundation is Jesus Christ. What does Scripture say here? Well, let's have a look. Ephesians 2, 18 to 22, it says this, For through Him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ himself being the chief or the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple. In him. The sense of foundation, it's, in, it's immovable, it's unshakable. He's the cornerstone on which our faith hinges and is built upon. The second one I want us to see is 1 Peter 2, 6-7. And you can read it there with me. It says, For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. How about we raise our hands if we believe in Jesus this morning? Well, the promise there is that you will not be put to shame. Why? Look, so the honour is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become this cornerstone. So the reality is, people, we either choose Jesus or we don't. And in that comes a faith stance. We're either choosing in faith to believe or choosing outside of faith to not believe. So faith gives us an assurance. And that assurance is founded upon Jesus Christ. Faith has an assurance. Let me show you that again. I'll go back. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. I am assured because I am founded upon Christ that that which I hope for, that I have a life that is on the other side of death, that I will be found assured that I have a life in Christ. And then this one, the conviction of things not seen. Conviction, simply put, conviction is defined as a fixed or firm belief. So the most practical explanation of faith that I can give you this morning is I heard it a really long time ago. A man by the name, a pastor by the name of Tony Smith, he says, he says this, and I'll see if I can do it in his Dutch way. No, I won't take him on. I'll see how it goes. He says, God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. It's the best description that I can come up with for you today for faith. If God says it, and we read that in his word, 
and you believe it, that's your faith, you engage in your faith with it, well, ultimately that settles it. So whatever you're hanging on for in the promises of God, if you believe it, belief is actually the action of putting faith towards something. Belief says that you should confess it over your life. By His stripes, I am healed. Come on. Confess it over your life. Because there is faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the conviction of things unseen. You know, these things, uh, there is the settlement and it is found upon the chief cornerstone who is Jesus. So there are three points for us to really help us hopefully unpack this today. Oh, that's fun. Let's see how we go. So let's get to Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8, verse 13, uh, sorry, verse 18, right in the middle, says this. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. You like that? Go. Go. One in front. All right. He gave orders to go to the other side. The order, or in fact, the command to his disciples paraphrased is to cross over. Cross over the lake to the other side. And as they responded, we noticed that they are responding in obedience. A scribe approaches. Someone who, who is an intelligent person who knows the law and scribes the law. He, he approaches Jesus in verse 13 and this is what he says. Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. What did Jesus just tell the disciples? Get in the boat and cross over. So the disciples would have had to go and pack the boat, get it all ready, make sure that they were ready to launch the boat, and they were waiting for Jesus to get in the boat. And this man who says that he's willing to follow Jesus wherever he goes, is not actually looking to be obedient, he's looking for an audience. Sometimes Christians are looking for audiences with Jesus instead of obeying Jesus. You hear what I'm saying? Sometimes you're approaching for Jesus to Jesus to do something in your life when he's commanded you clearly to do something in faith. Yeah. Ooh, pin drop. As followers of Jesus, the disciples were exposed to many wonderful things. Yet many comforts they did not have. It wasn't only a lack of comfort, but they also walked through ridicule and persecution. Church, there's a time coming in the church age where we're going to be walking through even more ridicule and even more persecution. And in this time, Jesus is saying that he's actually looking for our obedience, not our audience. So crossover, this is my first point, to crossover takes a change in our thinking. Because thinking is not just sitting and pondering, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. <laughs> to change your thinking is to actually obey the one whom you are following. It's actually to apply yourself to what he has said. And he said to the disciples to cross over. So what I see here was a shepherd who was impressed with the obedience of those he led, more so than a scribe saying that he was 
willing to follow. Talk is cheap, is it not? So to cross over takes a change in our thinking. Really? Oh, that's on, on one level. The crossover takes a change in our thinking. Our actions prove our faith. Do you know that? Just ask James. Who is James? Not Pastor James sitting down the back working out our online problems. It's, it's James, the brother of Jesus, the flesh and blood, born of. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. See, faith is a doing word, it's a verb, it's an action, you know what I mean? It's that sense of we have to be doing that which we profess. In other words, like I said before, talk is cheap. And while the scribe was, was possibly genuine in his seeking of Jesus, it wasn't the time. It's not the Mary and Martha story. There is a time to seek the face of Jesus. There is a time to come to Jesus and say, I want to follow you, and I want to be all. There is that time, but once you've had that time, then it's actually time of rolling up your sleeves and being obedient to what he's asking us to do here. The crossover takes a change in our thinking. Christianity was never meant to be a walk in the park. It becomes a walk in the park when we know that we've got Jesus right beside us in the midst of it. And this transitions me to my second point. As, we, as we're moving over the crossover in our thinking, we have to expect the crossover is to bring resistance. A crossover will bring resistance. And I've got, I've got lit up hands there because what I'm actually saying is that I want us to pray through the resistance. The hands are coming together. Matthew 8, 23 to 27 says this. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. Who was asleep? Peter? Jesus was asleep. And when and they woke, so and they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Are you of little faith? He then rose and rebuked the wind and the sea. And there was a great calm. Verse 27, And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? But in this, in this story, the resistance is the case of the storm arising against them. Could you imagine trying to sail across the lake against the wind, against the tempest that was against them? trying to, to, to go into this place. As we navigate the storms of our life, the trials, the challenges, and even the very resistance of going against the way of society, one question I think we must ask is, who do we have in the boat? Or, we can put it in this term, in whose boat are we in? <laughs> This is faith at work. It is the testing of your faith that you will see that will grow and become not just a believing faith, 
but a working faith. In the test, in the trial, in the storm, when you're walking with Jesus in the direction that He is leading and guiding you, we have to look and listen and hear the words cross over. For I'm with you. The storms of life come against us, just like Satan did to Eve in the garden. And this is the words that he said to Eve. Did God really say? I guarantee you, though, if you're willing and walking in faith, following Jesus, then he is in the boat with you. And trials will achieve their purposes. Because their purposes are for the testing of your faith. And there's a time coming when your faith, look at the person next to you and say, your faith. There is a time coming and it is not too far away when your faith is going to be tested. And it's not going to be good enough for you to say, I once came to Jesus and said, I believe. It is the testing of your faith that will see that you are genuine in your obedience and genuine in your following of Jesus. And there is a separation coming of goats and sheep. And I'm telling you, church, and if you're listening online, that separation is going to separate those who are in faith and those who aren't. If you're not found in faith, you will drop away as easy as it is. Found in faith, the remnant will be strong. They will be pushing into Jesus and they'll be able to weather the storm because the one who was with them in the boat is the one who commands the storm. And we have to understand this. This is the season we are entering. There is a shaking. The world is in shaking time. It is the beginning of birth pains. Jesus is saying it's time to cross over. Jesus is in your boat as you cross over. What good would it have been if Peter bailed out of the boat because of the wind and the waves? He would have perished, is that right? He would have perished. But he went to Jesus who calmed the storms. Don't bail out of the boat right now. It is time to go to Jesus. When everything's going well, our faith is minimized. When everything is in storm, our faith heightens. Are we on, on the same page here, church? This is a crossover in the area of control. Jesus commands the winds and the waves, be still. So hear this. When we are in faith, we are positioned in Christ to calm the storms. Of life. This is a crossover out of control, from out of control to under control. Some people would want to resist that because they don't want to be under control. But this is not about the control of your will. This is actually about what the Bible terms as being under self-control, which is a fruit. I didn't hear a come on or an amen in that one. <laughs> there you go. See? Like self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. Those who are in faith, walk in faith, they have the Holy Spirit with them. And the fruit of having the Holy Spirit with you, one of those is self-control. You're able to walk through the storm. 
not being ravaged in fear, but at peace knowing that the one who calms the storm is in the boat with you. Matthew 8, 27 says, And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey? Do you understand? The man who is with you, his name is Jesus Christ, and he's with you by the Spirit of God. He's the one who commands the sea and the winds and the waves. And he can help you navigate whatever storm is coming your way. People will acknowledge the crossover when you, from a position of peace, there's another fruit, walk through the trials of life and come out unharmed. If turmoil and pain and struggle and fear rule your life, it is evident for those who are watching you. When you run to Jesus, the overflow of the fruit of grace come out in your life. And no matter there is turmoil in your life, it doesn't dictate to you these things. It changes you to be able to walk in faith and strength and hope and power. Amen? The last point is this. The crossover reveals your purpose. Who's ever asked, what's my purpose, God? As a pastor, I get that all the time. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing for God. I don't know what my purpose is. I don't know how to do it. Well, I heard, I don't know remember who it was. I, I, I just do it for you. I demonstrate it. There's enough instruction in here for you to be obedient to without finding your own genuine individual purpose. If we stepped out and actually began to fulfill the purposes of God, which he has put for his church in the Bible, you will find and uncover and unpack your purpose. Why? Because you've been obedient to the voice of Jesus. And you've come through the storm and you're no longer someone who is tossed backward and forward in a place of lack of faith, as James talks about. But you come out of that strong and you've overcome yourself, not because you're strong, but because the Spirit of God is strong in you. And when the Spirit of God is strong in you, guess what? He opens a door for your purpose. This is what happens, people. It's time to cross over and understand when they got in the boat, when they stepped out and they calmed the storm because they went to Jesus, the boat landed on the other side and guess what? They encountered a purpose that was God-ordained. Matthew records it as two demoniacs, two people. I, I don't know if it's Luke or Mark, one of them say it's one, but it doesn't matter how many. They encountered the kingdom purpose for that trip as to why Jesus said cross over. The storm helped them to prepare for what they were about to encounter. Let me read this to you, Matthew 8, 28. And when they came to the other side, to the, other, to the country of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men met him coming out of the tombs, so fierce that no one could pass that way. And behold, they cried out, What have we to do? What have you to do with us, O Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a herd of many pigs was feeding at some distance from them. And the demons begged him, saying, If you cast us out, send us away into the herd of pigs. And he said to them, Go. One word. How much faith was Jesus operating in? How much authority was there? Because he knew who he was. So they came out and went into the pigs and behold, the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the waters. 
The herdsmen fled, and going into the city, they told everything, especially what had happened to the demon-possessed men. These two men came into their right mind. These were men, uh, as it's recorded, who, who could not be bound by any iron, any chain, could not hold them. They had this supernatural strength because of the demon possession. They could not be restrained, and Jesus, in one word, sets them free. You're asking, what is my purpose? It's a great question. It really, this story really opens up the idea around discovering who you are and your purpose. When you get in the boat and you follow the call of Jesus, you are to plant yourself firmly in the vehicle that Jesus chose to bring hope to the world. And you know what that vehicle is? It is his church. To get in the boat is to actually plant yourself into a place where you can navigate the storms, not on your own, but with people around you who are encouraging you and cheering you on. As you're struggling, they're able to pray with you. When you plant yourself deeply, you will grow. And as we grow, we begin to seek the way to serve. And serving opens up this door of expression that you've never encountered before. Secondly, as we... Uh, how we navigate the storm in the crossover is very important. Can you say amen with me on that? You must ask, who is in the boat with me? Either, here's the challenge, either you are hidden in Christ or you're not. To be hidden in Christ is to run to him. Either you're hidden in Christ or you're not. Reality is, for those who are in Christ, are truly seated in heavenly places. This is God's reality of your life. This is what he declares over your life. In that place is a place of provision, the place of abundant promise, where we discover to walk the journey of faith, not in trying to attain favor, but from a position of favor. In your devotions this week, I encourage you, look it up. Search your Bible app and type in these words, in Christ, and see how many verses there are that reclaim and proclaim your promises of who you are in Christ. I'll give you one example, Galatians 3.26. For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. That's the importance of faith. Lastly, the crossover opens the door for you to faithfully fulfill all that is in front of you. And in this case, it was the captive being free. Isn't it awesome as a church that we can see the captive set free? Crossover gets in the boat, plant yourself, navigate the storms and step out in faith. When you take it to the big concept, we get this. Firstly, obedience is just as important as repentance. I actually believe you can't have one without the other. The second is this. When we're in a position of obedience, it's easy to resist the storm. No matter what's coming at you, if you're obeying the voice of Jesus, then he's your comfort in that middle of that moment. Faithfully apply your hand to the task as you 
step out in faith. Faithfully apply your hand, no matter what that is. No matter if that's cooking food, cleaning a toilet, vacuuming a floor, going to pray with someone who's hurting, sharing the gospel, turning the heaters on and off. Whatever you faithfully apply your hand to, step out in it. Believe that God's got a greater purpose for you. I've said it once here before. Francis Chan, if anyone's ever heard of him, he's a great speaker. Two years, he wanted to be a preacher. Two years, he goes to his, his youth pastor and he says to his youth pastor, I want to be a preacher. You know what his youth pastor got him to do for two years? He called him pastor and put him in the toilets and he made him wash the toilets for two years. You know what Francis Chan did? As he was navigating that trial in his own life, he preached to the toilets. Why? Because he was developing the gift of God in his life. You see, you've got to not despise small beginnings, but many of us, we want to be the CEO before we're even ready to clean the toilets. Like, this is Christianity. This is growing from baby faith, like milk right up into the fullness of meat. My, my meat is to do the will of God, is what Paul says. Like, come on. This is the call today. And I think I'm preaching to many people here that might understand what I'm saying. But if you're watching on the video, and if you're watching even in your home later on this week, today maybe the Holy Spirit is stirring you in a new way. Maybe there's just that feeling in your throat or in your heart right now that's just starting to pound and starting to leap out. Like... I'm just starting to get the repentance is not just about me saying sorry. It's about me repenting and turning from my way of life and living for Jesus. Then, then maybe there's a beckoning call to you today. That would just say, I'm going to lay down my guns and I'm going to come to Jesus today. Not just come like the scribe, but come like the disciples who obeyed willingly to get in that boat. No matter. They could, they, I bet you they could see the storm and tempest across the lake. You, you've got to understand, we don't use the eyes of faith, the, the eyes of the natural. We use eyes of faith. I think what you see in front of you stops you from coming to what the reality is of your salvation. But I might lose something. I might lose my friends. Now that's a legitimate thing. You might lose your friends. In Matthew chapter 8, one disciple, after the describe, one person, a disciple, it says, comes to Jesus. He says, can I just go and bury my father? And you know how Jesus responded? Let the dead bury their own dead. Like it's going to cost you something to follow Jesus. But as the Holy Spirit's convicting you even now, as he's drawing you in, it's about him and his faith and how he outworks it in you, his church. Because God is waiting that none should perish. None should perish. Today is the day. Today may be the day that you say yes and get in the boat with Jesus. In the boat... And in this case, the picture of Jesus, that means that you find safety. It means you find hope. It means you develop a faith that's outside of your own. 
You're safe from destruction, saved from your sin. Isn't that an amazing thing? Like being forgiven for all the wrong that I've done. That breaks my heart if I was to think of my past. It breaks my heart even if I know, if I look back on yesterday, I know if I responded to a situation in pain, it breaks my heart to know that I was sinning before God. But when I'm in Jesus, which is the moment I get in the boat, that one-time decision to say, yes, I'm following Jesus with my all, then that sin, whether it be my past, whether it be yesterday, whether it even is today, that sin is completely reconciled before God. Maybe it's time for you to say yes to Jesus. To put your faith in Him. The God who became flesh. Who in your place would suffer and die. Paying the price for death. You see the ultimate word in crossing over is the very word cross. Without the cross, none of us can cross over. And Jesus, in the fullness of obedience to his Father, laid down his will for you and I. And on that cross, as he was dying, he took his last breaths. And the last, some of the last words he said was, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Church, friend, stranger, if you're listening to these words, it's time to cross over. Come to the cross. Meet Jesus because he can separate you from a world of hurt and position you in a place of hope. If you'd bow your heads with me this morning, as I invite the music team to come back, our worship team this morning, maybe, maybe you just give you a time of reflection right now. Maybe I'll, I'll just give you that time to just say, am I in the boat? Ask yourself seriously, am I in the boat? Am I just attending church or am I just attending church online because it's the right thing to do? Or am I actually in this for real? Am I going to be counted amongst the sheep when God collects us all together? Am I going to be the one faithfully praying for those who are persecuted? Am I going to be the one faithfully praying for the advancement of the kingdom? You see, this is what God is saying to you today. And I just want to make an opportunity available for you. If you would like to invite Jesus to get into your boat, in fact, how about we burn that boat? How about we get in Jesus' boat? If you'd like to do that today, maybe it's Maybe you've done it before and that's okay. But if you'd like to do that, maybe you just raise your hands. This is every head is bowed and every eye is closed. You see, it's a, it's a precious moment when you're standing before Jesus and he says, get in the boat. Maybe today you just need to acknowledge. Even at home, just acknowledge you need to get in the boat. And will you pray with me? Let's just bow our heads in prayer this morning. Lord Jesus, we are truly human. We are broken and we're in need of you. Jesus, our boat will not survive the storm. I ask that you will burn our boat today and we obey your word to get in your boat.
We repent of the old and as the, the boat is being burned, we, we ask that you will accept us as one of your followers and your sons because of our faith. We believe today. Thank you that you are with me in your boat. No matter what comes against me, I know that I have hope that I'll endure any trial and temptation. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and live in me. Seal me into your kingdom. Just as the Father breathed life into Adam, breathe life into me. Set me free, Lord. And I choose to follow you into my destiny. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, may the Lord bless you today. As you navigate those words and even the challenge that come from being in the boat with Jesus, may He speak to you about that even more so this week. As opportunities present themselves, may you choose the opportunity of faith. Maybe, maybe you've been too scared to just pray for someone who's got that pain in their shoulder or that pain in their leg. Just, just step out in faith and know that Jesus has come with you and you'll find part of your destiny in that. Just that the worship team are going to lead a, a song quietly and the sound team will just pull them down. We're going to make a 10-minute opportunity for you this morning to just fellowship and say hello to everybody in this building. You're more than welcome to leave straight away, but if you, if you feel like you want to just have some time with people, we'll give a 10-minute opportunity now as we do so. Say good day. Even give a blessing as you pray for them today. Make sure you say hello. And if you get into a conversation when Pastor Jamie asks for us to all leave, it's just because we've got another service to come in. If you're involved in a conversation that you want to continue, how about you just go and have a cup of coffee with that person or a cup of tea? Invite them around to your house. Maybe that's your first step today of being obedient to Jesus. Simple as inviting someone to your home where you can share his love and favor. Amen. God bless your church. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and uh, stay dry. Amen. <laughs>